Well, good morning and welcome to Redeemer Church. I'm Pastor Tim Trometer, and I'm so glad that all of you are here this morning. We are one church meeting in two locations whose mission is to connect people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. Well, today is a special day indeed as we take a moment to push pause on our lives. With Thanksgiving now behind us and Christmas before us, the, the stress of the holidays looms overhead for many of us. And today we pause. We pause and we set aside this time for connection, for connection with God and for connection with each other. You see, throughout Scripture, Jesus demonstrates a need for intentional pause, a time set apart. In Mark 1, 35, It records this, before daybreak the next day, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus teaches this about prayer. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door and pray to your heavenly Father in private. Today we are going to look at what it can mean to push pause on our lives and reconnect with God. And so I invite you to take a moment to pray with me. Jesus Christ, we ask that you would be our center this day. Be our center, Lord. Amen. So what do you do when life seems to get out of control? How do you cope with all the stress and the anxiety? Let's be honest for a moment. I think that we should be able to be honest in church. Don't you? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. I think we're more inclined to just suck it up some of the times. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. A real man would be able to provide for his family. A real woman would be able to do both things at the same time. That's what the little voice in our head seems to tell us. That little voice in our head that's definitely not from God. It drives us to spiral, uh, spiral more and more into doing, doing more, more things, more commitments, going a thousand miles an hour in a hundred different directions. Today is a day of pause. Today you are invited to take a time of intentional pause as we gain perspective on our lives. This weekend, nestled between, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, for many of us is a, is a time of stress and anxiety. And to help us gain perspective today, we will be interrupted by pauses such as this. Nine seconds. Was it uncomfortable? Nine seconds is the average moment of silence in a worship service, 
across the United States according to statistics. Each time you are invited to pause today, I am going to share a piece of scripture or give you a point to ponder, and it may feel uncomfortable. In fact, I hope it feels a little uncomfortable. And I challenge you to live into that awkwardness for a moment because we've grown accustomed to continual entertainment in our culture. And I encourage you as we pause through this service today to put down your notes, to set aside your cell phones and your digital Bibles, and if you wanna follow along in the scriptures, I'll give you the page numbers and you can pick up your pew Bible to follow along at that time. But to just clear your mind of all distractions in that moment and open yourself to God speaking in the moment to you. To pause, listen for God's still, small voice in that moment. Now I have searched the Bible many times and I have looked and looked and looked for, for scripture telling me that the fast-paced, overcommitted, anxious uh, lifestyle being a part of God's plan in here somewhere, and it's not. I've not found it anywhere. If anyone has found that, I'd love for you to show it to me, but every time I've looked, I've not found it anywhere in here. I found something else, like Job. The, the story of Job, if you never read it, he's had, he deals with a multiple uh, hardships in his life, and he's tested over and over again, but Job says stuff like this about the fast-paced lifestyle. He says, my life passes more swiftly than a runner. It flees away without a glimpse of happiness. Repeatedly through Scripture, it points to this fast-paced, quick-response lifestyle as impulsive and even foolish. Now, I'm not calling anyone foolish. I'm just saying what, what I read in here when it comes to fast-paced, quick-response lifestyles. You see, biblical teaching leads us to another way of living, a different way, with passages such as Proverbs 21.5, which says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. See, and while planning and hard work take time, requiring us to slow down it is the path that God has set before us. Pushing pause is part of that reality when the weight of the world starts to press down upon our shoulders, which happens in our lives, does it not? It happens in my life. Maybe I'm assuming that it happens in yours wrongly, but we need not look very far into Scripture to find examples of this. Jesus demonstrates this need for pause regularly in his life. But what I love about Jesus' demonstration of intentional pause is that Jesus is able to demonstrate the need for pause without sacrificing his integrity and his calling to be who he is meant to be. Jesus can pause and still do the job that he's called to do. Jesus can pause and still work hard with no shortcuts. For instance, one of the stories that I really, I really like is Jesus had to wrestle with the emotions of the loss of his cousin. 
and, and who wouldn't? Um, Jesus was fully human and divine, but when Jesus found out that his cousin had died, he took it really hard. And we don't think about that emotional side of Jesus as much, but it's in Scripture if we, if we read it in its entirety. Uh, sometimes we like to take pieces out of the entirety of the text, but when we read it all together, we see the bigger picture. But Jesus, when his cousin died, he took it really hard, and, and we all would. But when John the Baptist died, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. His mother was Elizabeth, and if you remember in the Christmas story, Mary was pregnant with Jesus, goes to see Elizabeth, who was the mother of John. And there are scholars and, and, and um, commentaries that believe that, that Jesus and John would have played together as children, as cousins do. And that John probably grew up around the ASEAN community, around the Dead Sea. And that Jesus might have even studied with John sometimes when he traveled this is the same John that baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. The same John that foretold the coming of the Messiah. Prepare the way of the Lord, John. And when Jesus gets word that John the Baptist, his own cousin, was beheaded by Herod, Jesus grieved. And I want to pick up the story there in Matthew 14, starting in verse 13. And you'll find it on page 812 in your pew Bibles if you want to follow along. But I invite you into this time of pause. So I encourage you to just put down your notes, to put down your phones. If you want to follow along, pick up a pew Bible and follow along. If not, just relax and rest. Close your eyes, but don't fall asleep. Just, just, just be present and listen for God through the story. And hear it anew as I read it for you. So we pick up the story after Jesus hears the news about his cousin's death. And it starts like this. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. <laughs> but, but we only have five loaves of bread and, and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass, and Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And after the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After, spending, or after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Jesus needed to be alone. He needed to pause. And that's the first lesson that we learn from this is that Jesus recognized the need to pause. 
They say that recognizing you have a problem is the first step to recovery. Jesus realized that he needed to pause after, after hearing that his cousin was dead. He needed space. I just, I just need to process. I need space. Have you ever needed space? Has life ever gotten to that point where I just, I just, just, I just need it. Just give me my space for a moment. Jesus recognized that he needed that space. We need to realize that we also need that pause. But the second takeaway is that sometimes we can't pause right now. Sometimes we can't pause immediately. Jesus went to the other side of the shore to pause, to get away, but the people followed him. The people beat him to the other side of the lake. He went there to be alone. But when he got off the boat, the people were there, and he had a job to do. God had called him to do something specific. Now, he had a choice. He could have said, you know what, guys? I'm not healing anymore. I need my space, because we do that too. Sorry, kids, not now. Daddy's tired. I know none of you would ever do that, but I have. I don't say that happy, but it's true. He could have done that. But God had called him to do something. Sometimes we can't pause immediately, but there are things that God had called him to do that he had to do first. All the extra stuff, that can wait. But there are certain things that God has placed in each of our lives that only we can do. I'm the only father my kids have. Their mother's their only mother. They're their only siblings that they have. You're the only best friend that your best friend has. There are certain relationships that you have that God has put in place that only you can do. Not the extra stuff, but the God-ordained things that you have been called to do. But we can't always pause immediately because there are things that we have to do, just like Jesus. And if Jesus would have said, you know, I need my space, there may have been no feeding of the 5,000. The third thing is that our opportunity will come to pause. It will come. When we take care of what God has called us to do, not the extras, but the essentials, we will get our opportunity to rest with God when we have fulfilled our responsibilities. Before the end of the day, not next week, but before the end of the day, God will give us that time. Before we fall asleep, Jesus sent the disciples away, the people he was training and mentoring. Jesus sent the people away that he was called to teach. But he took his moment. He separated himself. He went to the hills and he prayed alone. So I ask you, do you need to be alone with God? What are the things that only you can do I'm not talking about soccer practice. What are the things that only you can do, that God has called you specifically to do, and are you willing to wait for that pause? So what if you could push pause on life and just gain a better perspective? 
Do you think it would change how you acted in the workplace? Or would it change how you treated your family members or your friends? If, what if we knew how our actions or our reactions impacted the people around us? If we had a more in-depth insight into our world, would it change our priorities? <laughs> and priorities, that's, that word in itself is a contradiction in terms. For, you know, a priority is the single most important thing that we have to do, and you can't have multiple single most important things to do. You can only have one that's, that's the single most important. You can't have multiple. Never mind. Our planners and our to-do lists pile up and, and, and fill up, and as they do, we, we start to move beyond our, our called expressed reality that God has called us to of, of living into this human beings, to be present, to be where we are. And we become less human beings and more human doings. We, we become obsessed with these actions and these accomplishments and these, these things that we must do. We become so focused on achievement that we lose sight of how we were called to live. And in so doing, we become anxious and become stressed and we become worried about things. And it drives our lives. And I... And it always takes me to this, this hillside of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus was seated on a hillside talking to and teaching to a crowd of people who had put, pushed pause on their lives. They had, they had gathered around Jesus to gain a new perspective. They, they sat around him as he taught. And Jesus invited them to listen to his teachings, to pause and gain a new perspective on life, to reorient their priority, singular, of their life, so that the worry and the stress and the anxiety wouldn't infect their day-to-day -day living. And so I invite you to pause and, and learn from that knowledge as Jesus imparted to those who are sitting there as well. And if you want to follow along in your pew Bibles, it's on page 804. Again, I would invite you to put your cell phones down, to put your notes down. Um, if it helps to close your eyes, to visualize, but don't fall asleep. Um, and just be present in this moment um, and listen to the story. You've heard it before, but see if you can hear it from a new perspective today. Let's pause for just a moment. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or, or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more far valuable to them than they are? And can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. 
but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus is sitting on a hillside, speaking to people that might not have known where the next meal would have come from, might not have had any other clothes than what was on their back. And I visualize him in my mind. A bird flies overhead. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't plant. They don't... And yet, God provides. God provides everything that they need. And look down in the valley below us here. You see those wildflowers, how beautiful they are. Solomon in all his glory wasn't even beautiful as those. And don't you think you're more important to God than those flowers? They're flowers. The first lesson that we learn from this passage today is that worry stems from a distrust of God's provision in our lives. Our worry stems from a distrust of God's provision in our lives. Jesus says that worrying about such things as, our, as, as food and clothing and, and such, these are the thoughts that dominate the minds of unbelievers. And when we trust in God as our provider, these things are they're inconsequential because God already knows what we need, not what we want, what we need in life. Which leads to the second lesson we learn, and that is that our priority, our single most important thing, the single most important thing is to seek God's kingdom first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. This is the single most greatest thing that we do as followers of Jesus Christ. It is the way, it is the key, it is, the, it is how we gain kingdom eyes. It is how we change our perspective. It is how we see the world as God intends for it to be seen. And so I want you to pause to think about this for just a minute. How valuable do you believe you are in God's eyes? Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. How valuable do you believe you are in God's eyes? And what does worry add to your life? And what is your highest priority? Well, we might not be able to push pause and push a pause button on our lives and freeze the world and see through the facade that we put up in front of ourselves. However, we can, like Jesus, choose to push pause on our own lives because we do control that. And we can connect with God and we can connect with other people. Following Jesus' example, we too can find our direction. Jesus sent everyone away after the feeding of the 5,000. And then we read in Matthew 14, 13, after sending them home, he went up to the hills to pray by himself. Night fell while he was there alone. You see, the foundation of this pause, the foundation of the pause that Jesus took was that we need to emulate is this need to connect with God. 
this recentering ourselves with God in our lives. Jesus' life teaches us that when the chaos of the world weighs us down, when all of that stress weighs us down, the distractions and everything, we need to intentionally remove those distractions and reconnect with a source of life. We need to push pause on the extra features, all of those things that anyone can do. Get the things done that only we can do, the things that God has called us to be and do, and take that time of intentional pause. Jesus, I want you to think about this just for, just for a second. Jesus, the living Son of God, God incarnate in the world, himself needed time to separate himself from the people he was ministering to to reconnect with God the Father. Jesus needed space to connect and pray. He needed a pause. And I wonder, why is it that we feel like we can still read the Bible with our cell phone going off beside us? Why do we feel like we can truly connect with our family around the dinner table with the news going on in the background? Why is it that we feel like we can do these things and not be distracted? When Jesus, the living Son of God, had to send away the disciples and all the people he was teaching to be alone with God. The living Son of God had to do that. And we believe we are more focused and we can tune it out. You see, there are so many ways that we can connect with God. We connect with God through prayer, primarily. We do that a lot. And we connect with God through, through um, his church, the living body of Christ, gifts-based service. We connect with God through sacraments of communion and, and baptism. We connect with God through life groups and different ministries and, and all of these things. There are so many ways to connect with God, but the issue is not finding a way to connect with God. The issue that causes us the biggest problem is that we do not stop long enough and pause for a great enough amount of time and remove the distractions to actually commune with God. That's what Jesus had to do. He had to remove the distractions, intentionally pause. We're not for want of a way to communicate with God. We're not for want of a way of communing with God. We're for want of a pause. Intentional pause. And as we do, our connection with God grows and we see our worries begin to fade, the stress and the anxiety fades as our trust rests in God because God provides every need, not every want, but every need, a true need in our life. And as we seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, that righteous living opens our eyes to see the world the way that God intended it to be seen. And not only connecting with God, but then in connecting with the people around us and we see the world transformed. And friends, the issue is not knowing how to connect with God. The issue is not taking the time to pause long enough to connect. All of this, every piece of this, every single piece of this comes clearly into focus as we pause enough to recognize the fullness of God that is present in every single moment of our lives, in every single day of our lives. Take the time of an intentional pause. Connect with God. Listen for his leading. Do what has to be done because only you can do it, but before the day is out, 
Remove the distractions and pause and reconnect. Let's pray together. God, we give you this moment. We give you this moment. Speak into our hearts this day. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.